0: How do we run our environments to resemble that type of transformation? I'm glad you asked. And that is exactly what we will hope to address today. Our question today is, how do we run our communities of Disciples? Hello and welcome again to another episode in our teaching series we've titled A Band of Disciples, A Band of Disciples. And you are probably aware by now that our purpose of this whole series is to help each single one of us to be encouraged and equipped uh, to be a better discipler, to be someone that walks alongside other Jesus lovers so that we can Uh, progress in our uh, transformation towards Christ likeness. And in this series, we've looked at the discipling calling, and we're now in the middle of looking at the discipling community. And uh, over the last uh, few sessions, I have attempted to convince you that a community of disciples, people who perceive themselves as disciples and who disciple others, so a community of Disciplers reveals and shapes disciples and disciplers. It's as simple as this that a community has. impact over the members in that community and you probably familiar with situations in your work environment, in your friendship groups, and even uh, in, in observing other teams or maybe music bands who uh, who are better as a result of being together. Every individual has developed uh, in, in some way as a result of being connected with other people. And I am not musically oriented uh, person. At the best of time, I listen to uh, Egyptian worship music. I am not your type of person to express to you uh, this band and that band. I I have very uh, limited knowledge of of bands. However, I do, like most people uh, have seen in in, in the news and in articles, uh, you know, things written about a famous, Famous band called U2, U2, and this band, um, you know, in their fifth album, I read in their fifth album, became a global sensation. Can you believe that? Just their fifth album went Bang, and they became very well known thereafter. Uh, They are probably famous for uh, some human rights issues in in their their lyrics and some of their public uh, presentations. Uh, Believe it or not, they've had over $110 million worth of sales, and they won 22 Grammy Awards. That is more than any other band. Incredible story, of success. Wouldn't you agree? Regardless whether you like the type of music, whether you listen uh, to this band, or whether like me, you have no idea (laughs) about that type of industry altogether. But how did that happen? How did they reach uh, that level of success? Well, let me tell you that what I read is that they commenced their band in Ireland when the band members, were secondary school students, secondary school students. And articles written about them uh, suggest that they got together before any of them were proficient with music. Can you believe that? That they came together so raw, but they uh, engaged with one another in such a way that they created an incredible, incredible team as a result of their connection. So you could put it this way. A community of young musicians was transformative for that group. Revealing their potential and shaping their future, revealing their potential, and shaping their future. That is, without a doubt, they are better together than they could have been individually. And I would dare say, this is exactly the same concept we are trying to promote throughout this mini-series, that a community reveals and shapes, reveals who we are in Christ, and shapes what we can become a community in other word in other words is so profound for our transformation so how do we create those transformative uh, type of communities Peter like just give us the easy way out is there a recipe for that is there a step one two three (laughs) how can we do it I would uh, I would say with great difficulty. And any of us who has been in ministry over a period of time in a church environment in a in a ministry team or or maybe even engaging with a group of friends at home for the purpose of spiritual engagement and development, we would all uh, agree uh, that it's very hard to create um, a transformative community, particularly in our Western culture, where we've been sold the dream that we can achieve everything individualistically. We we, We can read and we can pray and we can engage in religious activities and we don't need anyone, right? Wrong. (laughs) We need a community to grow and develop and be everything God created us to be. And uh, in our discipling endeavors, and I'll tell you a little bit more about it, uh, our story with discipling in our next uh, session or so. Uh, But suffice to say uh, that we came to a point where we realized our communities that we're facilitating, our discipling groups, uh, weren't being uh, enthusiastically, um, you know, embraced or, or transformative uh, as much as we had hoped for. And we, uh, Susie, my wife, and I, engaged with some literature uh, from the educational sector about communities of practice, which we spoke about uh, a few um, episodes back, and we embraced that. That, uh, concept of creating uh, a, a real environment for transformation, for, uh, for shaping our identities as followers of Jesus. So how do, do we run uh, our, our environments to resemble uh, that type of uh, transformation? I'm glad you asked. And that is exactly what we will hope to address today. Our question today is, How do we run our communities of disciples? How do we run our communities of disciples? And uh, I will share with you as practical as I can, specifics of, uh, you know, what do we do? We spoke, uh, you know, uh, on many occasions on the why. I want to be practical in uh, helping you see what we do. I'm hoping that this would stimulate your thinking. Uh, and become almost like a case study uh, where you pick some threads that are relevant for you and your context and you can uh, also produce environments where the like-minded disciples can get together and embark on a journey uh, of transformation. There are four aspects that we are so um, focused on in our communities of disciples. The first one is purpose the second one is practices the third one is discovery and the fourth one is reflection the fourth one is Reflection. Let me take you through a, a mini journey uh, through what we do in our communities of disciples so that you can uh, get a, a, an overview of uh, these various aspects that we have in our sessions. Um, our communities of disciples run on a fortnightly basis. Uh, they run for about an hour and a half with about four to six people in each group And guess what? Even before the pandemic, uh, the COVID pandemic, we had um, become an online type of group so that we can connect with people in the comfort of their homes uh, at a time where they don't feel like they have to rush uh, after work, have a dinner and run to a a specific place. So it can happen face-to-face, it can happen online, but we uh, mainly do it. Online, and the first thing that we focused on in our communities of disciples, and that, that is purpose. Purpose. Uh, you have heard me mention that communities of practice are gathered and unified around a common passion or a common cause. That basically what ties group members together is a purpose. Uh, you're probably now aware why in some groups we are a little bit distracted and not on the same wavelength, particularly in Christian environments because people some people engage in a particular uh, small group environment for their preconceived idea of what that group will do for them. So uh, they they may be engaging with a group because they want you know you know very deep Bible knowledge and Bible study. Uh, others may engage, maybe even in the same group, may engage in a group because they want to fellowship with like-minded believers. They want to have good conversations that are relevant uh, to their own life and, and connects faith and experience. Others might want to engo- engage with these small groups because they are activists. They say the best way to serve appropriately and to uh, you know uh, um, get everybody's skills and gifts uh, you know linked together for a common cause is if we if we engage together just for the sake of the activities uh, that we're going to pursue and all of those causes all of those ideas and purposes are very very helpful however when we start our community of uh, disciples we clarify twofold Purpose, twofold purpose. So we have, um, we, 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 when we engage with people, we say to them, the reason we're together, the reason we catch up is because we want to be vulnerable enough to grow and simple enough to multiply. So we set the scene very early on uh, that we, we're going to be disciples and disciplers. <laughs> We're going to grow personally, but we're going to multiply uh, with other people. You know, I I used to hear all the time uh, members of small groups in churches say, Oh, you know what? We hated it when the church asked us to split. Uh, The the reality is there is such genuine bond of fellowship between members that they found it very hard uh, to multiply or whatever you call it, split or addition. It doesn't really matter. But we engage with this small number of people in this intimate environment with a very, very clear purpose. And that is, yes, we want to grow individually. And in order to do that, we need to be vulnerable. You're not going to grow by uh, you know, gaining more knowledge or engaging in, in more activities. We're going to grow by being vulnerable with one another. And that's not always easy. But as long as we agree, we can progress slowly towards that. And we're going to invest in other relationships so that we can other people get to experience the same blessing that we're experiencing in these groups. Uh, so we don't just begin our groups by expressing uh, this very clear uh, purpose. We do that even before we uh, um, invite people to participate in a in a environment, uh, whether that's one on one or in our training uh, environments, experiencing Gen-J, uh before people sign up to be part of a Cod and a community of disciples. Uh, uh, you, you know, we, we we share with them openly. Uh, do you know we're going to have this particular environment? It's going to be intimate. We're going to meet together regularly for about uh, a year or so on a fortnightly basis. And the purpose is utterly clear. We're going to grow individually as disciples, uh, grow uh, as followers of Jesus, and we're going to multiply. So this is not just about you receiving, receiving. This is about that you being trained to invest in others also. Uh, not only do we clarify the expectations before people join a group, from the very first session. As soon as we just get together and introduce one another, uh, we, we, we we share. The purpose of this is is vulnerable enough to grow, simple enough to multiply. Guess what? Every time we meet, we'll repeatedly share the same statement of purpose. It can probably drive people crazy, but they won't be mistaken about the reason why we get together. We don't want to have side Ways, energies. We don't want to have distractions. We want to be utterly clear about what unifies us together, and that is so that we can grow, so that we can multiply. And you know, after several sessions, where the leader or the facilitators of the the cards, uh, you know, share, you know, you probably remember that the reason why we meet together is this twofold purpose. After a while, we begin to say, "Who remembers?" Who remembers the the reason why we get together? Who remembers the purpose? You guys are probably uh, sick of hearing it, but we want to say it again. Tell us who would remember, uh, you know, the purpose why we get together because purpose has profound impact on our expectations and our engagement in the activities of the group. So the first thing that we focus on is purpose in every single cod that we have. Then the second thing that we engage in or we facilitate, another aspect that we facilitate in our cods is shared practices. It's like shared activities or or spiritual disciplines that we, we believe are going to help every member to rise and go to the next level of their spiritual uh, development as well as to train them to engage with other people whom they may also invest in and disciple. And if you engage in a community of disciples, or uh, you know, one of our uh, environments, you realize that we have very specific, at least four things that we do repeatedly. First, we set spiritual goals. Uh, we do that uh, almost every three months or so at the start of a particular phase or a stage. We we stop and 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 we help people uh, hear from the Holy Spirit as to what area of their spiritual development they need to go to the next level. So you are probably familiar by now from our first mini-series that we believe there are four areas of spiritual development. Relationship with God, uh, inner life, relationship with believers, and influence in the world. We believe that's a holistic way of... uh, uh, you know perceiving spiritual development they are also uh, the the categories or the potentials or or the the qualities that God deposited in us because of our union with Jesus so we have these uh, capabilities now we need to set goals to actualize them to live them out to manifest what's already on the inside of us so we need to collaborate with the Holy Spirit play our part so that we can develop in those areas. So we might um, suggest to people in what is one area of your passion and what is one area that you're struggling with at the moment and what might the Holy Spirit have you Um, uh, you know, do something measurable and specific and achievable uh, that you can do to go to the next level. They might say, you know, I'm going to spend 15 minutes with God uh, three times a week, uh, you know, uh, reading the word and attempting to apply it. They might say, uh, I'm going to, you know, connect with a trusted mentor uh, once a month to share life and bounce ideas and to gain wisdom from one another. Or I'm going to pray and connect with my neighbor uh, so that I can, uh, you know, have the opportunity by God's grace to show them the life of Jesus and tell them about Jesus. Whatever the Spirit leads them, it's critical that they document that and share it with the rest of the group for the purpose of support and accountability. If we are left to our own devices, we will just, we will just go around in circles. Wouldn't you agree? What we uh, genuinely care about, such as your mortgage or your university degree, you set some goals. You don't say, I want to finish university whenever I feel like it. You say, I want to finish uni after three or four years, depending on the course. Um, or you don't say, I'm going to pay however much left in my budget uh, on my mortgage every month. No you actually have a repayment and 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 you're uh, you got to set that goal that that becomes uh, the first thing that you get out obviously after honoring god with your tithing but the reality is whatever we value we set goals around it so we help people set goals and some people initially don't like it but you know over time we express the the incredible uh, clarity that this provides for our daily endeavors. The second practice we do is uh, we coach people to spend time with God daily. And we have uh, a specific uh, episode on SOAP, which is basically meditative reading, uh, reading for the purpose of application, allowing the Word of God to read us, not us mastering the Word of God as such. Uh, we, we read so that we can figure out what more God be saying to us and how we can live it out. Uh, and uh, at the start of every card, or after the first five cards, uh, we 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 shared the purpose why we get together, and then we spend 15 minutes uh, sharing those uh, you know soaps, uh, those devotions that we each of us have had over the last two weeks. Obviously, we don't share. Uh, you know, uh, 15 of them. We share just one of them uh, from the last two weeks uh, for the purpose of inspiring one another and keeping each other supported and accountable. Uh, The third practice we do is we coach people to care, pray, and respond. That's an outreach uh, tool that we uh, promote in our communities where we all support one another to reach out to unchurched unbelieving friends and relatives and acquaintances, and we care for people. So it means that we practically engage with them to show them the love and the care of Jesus. We take him out for a coffee. We share a meal with them. We we, we, help them in practical ways when when they require some some support. Uh, We just show them love and care by asking about them, by genuinely listening to them by you know anything that you might find that shows care, genuine care to someone else. Then we pray for them. We pray for them that God would soften their heart, that God will provide an opportunity, that the person will, will get a, a vision of Jesus and would notice a, a different lifestyle in us that reflects the, the character, the beautiful character of Christ. And then we respond. When prompted, we respond. We might share a story with the person, our faith story. We might share with them something that we read in the scripture. We might pass on to them a book that's helpful. We might even uh, share a link to a particular uh, YouTube video, whatever it might be. But we're responding based on what the Spirit leads us. Not as an obligation. This is being you know, aware and discerning of what the Spirit is saying and we live accordingly. The last practice is that we invest and multiply gods. We say to people from the very start, you are here to observe, to practice in a safe environment. But ultimately, if we're going to embrace the great, the great commission uh, of Jesus to multiply disciples, well, we need to do that in communities. And this is a same uh, a context that you can reproduce. We are helping one another to get better at multiplication. So the first uh, aspect of our communities is shared purpose. Second aspect is shared practices. Third aspect is Bible uh, discovery. Like we discovered what God might be saying to us uh, through the word of God. And just a quick note, we only spend 20 to 25 minutes digging in the Word of God because we don't want uh, the, someone to, to, to create a, a theological lecture out of it or deep theological you know, assertions and beliefs. Uh, this is about uh, looking at the Word of God for a specific area in our spiritual development and that we want to live it out and apply. So from the very start of that s- uh, segment, we, we we shared the landscape of spiritual growth, the three stages that we showed you in in, uh, in a previous episode in series one. We show that there is uh, three stages of development, a standing firm that we embrace our identity as children of God, growth, which we embrace our calling as disciples, and then the, the idea of towards maturity where we live as selfless people, selfless parents who are re- reproducing and responsible. So we show them where this session fits because adults want to know the overview, the context of where we're heading. And then we we, we, we introduce the passage, we give a little bit of a background of, you know, where that passage fits in this particular, uh, you know, context in a letter or book or whatever it might be. Then we read the passage. And we stop, give people two minutes in silence and say, uh, try to summarize this passage. Don't interpret it, just try to summarize it, like allow it to be absorbed on the inside. If you're an introvert like me, you can't just grab ideas whilst people are reading it. You just want a little bit of time to sit and allow it to sink in. So we do that. We ask one or two people to share the summaries. And then we begin to ask two or three questions only. This is not 300 questions to figure out the depth of the depth of the depth of what we share, what we read. No, this is sharing together our ideas, our opinions, uh, instructed by the context of the word and by the inspiration of the, the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Uh, But obviously those questions are leading towards a specific area of growth. So we have a takeaway, an application uh, that people uh, will will, will perceive as the main point that we're getting out of this. Obviously the Spirit can enlighten them to uh, specific things around that. But this becomes a prominent aspect of what we do. Then the last thing that we do, we do what we call reflective practice or reflection on our lived experiences. So we meet every two weeks. So we begin this purpose. uh, We begin this segment by clarifying the purpose of reflecting on our experiences uh, over the last two weeks. So this is not your experiences, uh, you know, 10 years ago. This is just the last Two weeks. And we share that the reason we reflect is to draw meaning out of our experiences, to demystify Christ's likeness, so that it's not just a pie in the sky, but a lived thing that people like us live like Jesus in, in particular aspects on their daily endeavors. And also we reflect so we can build the habit of of reflecting of thinking before doing things we reflect after the experience so in future occurrences we reflect in the experiences then Every member in the group has a chance to share an experience. We give them two or so minutes to share a high point, a low point, or anything in between. No judgment. We're not fixing anybody or rescuing anybody. After everybody's shared, we'll pick one or two people and say, who would like us to unpack with them a little bit, to reflect with them on their experience. We're not interrogating them. We're helping them to discover some of the uh, assumption beneath the actions that they have been involved in. We ask them two to three questions and then we literally stop, take two to three minutes to pray And seek God for a prophetic word, for an image, for a scripture, for an idea that may encourage the person that we have asked them uh, those questions. And once we've shared those words with them, we say, okay, what's your action? What are you going to do as a result of that? Because it's easy to hear things and do nothing about it. Don't we all know that quite well? But this helps us to be precise on how we're going to live out what God has deposited in us hearts and we try to support them in that. So here is the four primary aspects of our community of disciples. We we have a shared common purpose. We have uh, common practices. We discover the Bible together in an interactive way and we share our experiences and reflect on them. We found that to be such an incredibly transformative environment for the people that we've been Entrust, who've been entrusted to our care. I pray that you have been uh, attracted to an idea or two from this case study and that you would uh, write down maybe some. Uh, you know, aspects of the community of the group of disciples that you want to facilitate. And if you need any help, we are here to help you. Please write to us at genj.com.au. It will be our absolute honor and privilege to support you. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for your investment and your eager eagerness to find out how to get better at being a discipler. God's smiles is upon you and He will make a way for you. He will anoint you by the power of His Spirit so that you can be everything that He designed you to be. Thank you so much. Looking forward to being with you in another episode about the discipling community and how it can multiply. God bless you.